0: My name is Bridie Slater. I am the people lead here at Oliver Health, uh, and yeah, here at Oliver we are a mental wellbeing platform uh, that focuses on providing one-to-one support, uh, emotional intelligence support for teams and managers um, through our platform.
1: I've um, I've seen you have a strong a strong social like media game as a company, but also. Um... What's what I really like about it is that it's other people talking about your brand. There's quite often, um, like a lot of companies have to generate their own stuff, whereas with Oliva, it's been like as someone who's kind of seen who's writing about what on LinkedIn, um, it's so nice to see people often talking about how Oliva is a benefit that is one they're really proud of offering their people and through kind of what I've been learning on LinkedIn, I saw that you had evolved uh, from having values to agreements. And I thought it'd be super interesting to understand more about that shift as other companies have been doing. Some of them have been starting to do a similar thing in terms of moving to values, uh, moving away from values. So it's really kind of you to share a bit of what went on behind the thinking behind that. So um, if I could ask you to share why, like if we start with why, why did you decide to evolve from having company values?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, So yeah, I think from a company-wide view and a lot of companies struggle with these values is something that for a long time have been seen as a kind of you know you have to have them everyone creates them but then they're not really listened to and it wasn't too dissimilar from our journey they were decided very very early on in the journey when there wasn't many people in the team and they were more kind of visionary values in terms of what we aspired to be as opposed to what we could actually live by on a day-by-day basis which really helps um, you know, when you're thinking about ambition and future, but actually when it comes to decision-making and really making a difference and an impact on the lives of the employees and the value of the company, it doesn't. So um, it actually was sparked from one of our founders chatting with uh, another founder of a, of a great company here in Barcelona, um, and they got into the topic of a book that was written about Mexican folklore Um, And kind of the inspiration came from there originally, so in the book they mentioned lots of different um, agreements and how by having agreements it allows people to live kind of honestly and live by uh, things that they either agree or disagree with and there's the ability to kind of debate and challenge them as well. Um so, yeah, it was a it was a, a random segue into then bringing that into our company culture. Um, but really, we sat down as a as a leadership team and looked at where our values working for us? And first, you know, that was the first point we realized is that actually for us, we weren't using them. And then the, uh, the idea with values is that when you're coming to hiring people and it's really difficult to say, Right. Okay. you don't live by this value. You you know, we're not hiring you. And we want to have a diverse team. We want to have people with different values. That's like a really great and beautiful part of our team already. And whereas agreements, people can really agree with something in a working capacity, but have different personal values outside of work. So that also fitted with our kind of hiring philosophy there and so we sat down and started kind of talking about the idea of agreements and the fact that actually it can be something that means that we can have a diverse team but that is also very aligned when it comes to ways of working ways of making impact and how we want to own this company and you know we're all owners within Oliva Uh, so yeah that was where the idea came from Um, and then yeah then it became you know the challenge of kind of deciding what those agreements would be.
1: When you started by saying, uh, did you reference Mexican folklore? Yeah, going to be a pretty interesting story if you're if you're beginning with that.
0: Yeah, I think I'd have loved to be in a fly in the wall there.
1: (laughs) And yeah, I a lot of it makes a lot of sense. So I think so many companies are similar in terms of okay, we have defined values, but are they specific enough to be guiding people's value uh, decision making in a way that like that they use every day quite often not um also the idea of having like company values what does that mean like what do the what does the company value it, it's a hard thing to really get specific about and what does it mean for someone to have the same value as that and if they don't do we not hire them so i personally really like the having things that are more specific um or if the language around the values kind of just helps people be clearer around it. So I really appreciate the why. Now, if we look at the how. So you had values. How did you go about this introducing or evolving into agreements?
0: Yeah, so first up was a kind of workshop. So that involved um, most of our kind of leaders in the company really looking at over their time, not just at Oliva, but also in the past at previous companies, what they had felt had worked if they had had an agreements model. Um, And so we just started with a really big ideation um, session where we were kind of really putting everything on paper and able to kind of really challenge each other on whether we thought that would work for Oliva. And then when we'd narrowed it down to kind of certain themes or topics that we felt were in line with what us as a company are trying to achieve, we did a retrospective on the last couple of years um, of our history and thought of moments where we could really shine examples on these agreements, um, and we challenged the agreement. So I think we started off with about seven, and you know if there wasn't examples, um, at least on a kind of weekly basis, then you know they were gone. So then we managed to get that down to five, um, and that's really where we brought the team in to get their feedback and make sure they also felt like these represented why they were part of the Oliva team. Um, And that was a really great session because actually that session of doing the retrospective came back and we found even more examples than we'd, we'd realized. And so we were able to really go confidently into that. Um, and then just to make it all official at one of our off sites, we, we, we had a session where we uh, all decided on the agreements and we all signed our commitment to using these in our everyday life. And there's a great clip on social media um, of us all signing it and we've still got it up in the office. So I'm sure it will be here for many years to come.
1: Yeah, I saw that and I really, like, it stood out. It's one of those things where I think there can be symbolic moments for either a leader or a company or a team that have a disproportionate impact on the journey someone's on or um, a transition. And I thought that, that, yeah, signing off on them was such a powerful, um, yeah, ceremony, like a a moment. So I really appreciated that. Um, So could you share what were the agreements that you ended up with
0: yeah, sure. And um, I'll share them now. And um, some of them are quite specific to us, and that's probably why they work so well for us. So our first one is um, that we never compromise on care. Obviously, as our wellbeing and mental health product, this is really relevant for us because it would be very, very easy, and um, as a company that's growing fast, to really focus on decisions that that would get you know scale and growth, but actually potentially not provide the care that we would want for our own loved ones. So that's something that applies to every decision we make. And, and, a, and a great example of that is, um, you know we have some therapists that partner with us and um, a community of them that work really well with us, but we always make sure that the care they're delivering is something that we would feel comfortable receiving ourselves or referring to loved ones as well. And then our second agreement is we do things with craft. Uh, and this can relate obviously to to every area of the company, um, and we really see this in especially uh, the details when you think about uh, building new product features or actually implementing things for our own team in terms of uh, benefits and um, you know principles that we have as well. Um, the third agreement is if it's not in Oliva's best interests, we challenge it. Um, and I think this is very important when you're a growing organisation uh, you've got lots of different amazing brains in the team and you really want to empower people to challenge the why. Uh, so we really make sure that everyone has a platform to do that. Um, and for example, we use ShapeUp as a model of working. Everyone's able to see the bets that are coming up and give feedback on that and make sure we're all focused and also you know, aligned with what we're going to be working on in the next bet cycle. Uh, The fourth agreement is then we're responsible for our own well-being, and that's personally and professionally. Um, And this is coming as a wellbeing company, we know that we can give our employees amazing toolkits, and we believe we do, Um, but still as an individual, we want to make sure that we have responsibility to make the right decision for you. So whether that's, you know, setting your working hours in a way that you know is more effective for your your personal and family time, or whether that's um, really looking at, you know, how you book your annual leave to make sure that you're having breaks at the right time of the year. Or also looking at your own personal development and taking ownership over the the career growth that you have within the company, uh, and then lastly we have would be the teammates we'd want ourselves. And um, so I think that one speaks for itself in terms of making sure that in every scenario um, you're really thinking about what that person would want from you as a teammate. Uh, for example, instead of sending you know twenty links to kind of useful useful documents write a quick summary so that people can really understand if it's beneficial in what they're doing right now um, or also adapt that person's way of working you know if you've had if you know someone's had a really busy day of, of video calls have an audio only call give them a break from that so that you can really uh, help them focus as well
1: i'm really appreciating you're so you're giving really specific examples it's so good um one of the things as an example that I like is that you encourage the challenge um in the culture because that's something that can really affect things if people feel as though they can't challenge things as they grow I'm curious for the um when you're doing like I don't know how you do performance reviews or performance management on how people are performing are you at a stage where you're looking at the agreements during the performance review process or does it not happen in the process and it's more like just in the day-to-day activities and guiding decision making
0: no it definitely happens in both so when it comes to um i guess more kind of like informal performance or informal kind of uh feedback and we use agreements in that scenario, so for example, if I'm giving my direct report feedback and it's on a specific thing, I'll relate it back to an agreement and vice versa if they're giving me feedback. And Then in our weekly team meetings, we also have a shout-out section and everyone links any shout-outs directly to an agreement. This is a great tool because not only, you know, is it great to see like lots of shout outs coming through each week, but you really notice if one isn't being used and, and then we'll question it. You know, is this still something that we want to, to stick with? Um, and also in our off sites, you know, we give feedback during the off sites live again in a retrospective format and we'll link them back to agreements in that. So we'll have small cards that have each of the agreements on people can grab them at any times during the off site and write feedback based on that agreement. Um, But yeah, more formally with our performance review cycle, um, we do a kind of 360 review once a year and then a check-in once a year as well. And both of them have sections for peer reflection, uh, self-reflection, manager reflection and team member reflection to managers that all include them reflecting on how well this person kind of uh, lives with the agreements and, and uses them on a daily basis and which areas and which agreements they maybe haven't been demonstrating as well. So they should focus on in the next six months.
1: Yeah, it sounds uh, like having that clarity of the agreements and gives you that really strong kind of thread that you then weave into everything you do. So I imagine, yeah, it makes, it makes things easier to structure. Um, if, if someone's looking to evolve their values into agreements or something similar. Having been through this process so far, is there any advice you'd offer them based on what you've learned?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the first thing is don't rush the process. It can be really uh, easy once you've decided you don't want values to just kind of want to get something in very quickly. Uh, But really the process probably took us like a whole quarter to really decide on what were the right agreements for us. Um, and I think split it down into stages um, you can kind of treat it like a you know a product development life cycle, making sure you're kind of doing the the retrospectives, getting the user feedback from your employees as well um, and really considering you know how well that would fit with your day to day and don't be afraid to iterate you know at the moment our five agreements have worked really well for us, and we're seeing them still being used you know daily and weekly um, but definitely you know if we don't see one being used, we do question its value and what it adds to us. Uh, so I think that's a really key one is if you're noticing that when it comes to decision makings you're going against these agreements or your employees aren't finding examples of them in everyday life um, it's really important to reassess and adapt as you go. I think there's a kind of a stigma there around like once you've made a decision as a leadership team, sticking with it for you know X amount of time. But I think it's important to pivot and, you know, not work in waterfall when it comes to these things either and make sure you're thinking agilely about how you can adapt them over time. Because, uh, you know, we're changing, we're growing and changing each um, each year as well. Um, and I think the last thing is don't don't be afraid to do the cringy things like the signing of the agreements. Like at the time, I, I even questioned how well it would go down. But um, I think these things, like you said, have real sentimental moments uh, in the team. And, you know, by having that and the mix of shout outs on a weekly basis, um, it really makes us look back with pride at the fact that we were bold enough to make the decision to change.
1: Um I think that sounds like a great title for a novel. Don't be afraid to do the cringy things. <laughs> my mem- my memoir's at work. Um, thanks so much for giving us that overview of why... Um, Why you evolved and had agreements, how you went about doing it, uh, what they are and how it kind of shows up day to day. It's like so this has been such a valuable conversation to help to help people visualize it. Can you share an example of the agreements in action in the way you work?
0: Yeah, um, of course. So. I think when you think of our agreements, one thing you can really link them to is the non-parental aspect of our culture. Um, So what I mean that is, um, you know, we really try and avoid having lots of approval systems in place. We really try and live by principles rather than policies. Um, And one of our key principles is also the the blended working model, uh, which is our kind of way of working in terms of the remote hybrid world that we're all now living in. Um, It was something we designed at a similar time to the agreements with them in mind. And what it allowed our employees to do is really choose what persona they were and have a persona that they identified with within that kind of hybrid model. Um, So for us, that meant doing a process of really looking at a decision tree of, okay, what kind of culture do we want to have now and in the future, making sure that future hires adapt and fit with that culture of the working model we have. And then the working model itself was a process of giving people ownership and the ability to challenge it um, and also using it in a way that will fit their well-being. So making sure, for example, that um, yeah, that they're taking responsibility of their own well-being by choosing the persona that fits them best uh, and actually you know, not compromising on care by making sure that the benefits and things we have in place around our working model are there to make sure that the well-being is always at the top of our, our team's priorities. Um, and then when it comes to actually how that works it means that as a team when we're connecting remotely um it's really focusing on the impact so you know not having meetings for the sake of meetings really making sure our fully remote employees have a great experience as, as well as our kind of in-office or hub employees as well and again it's something that we constantly iterate over time and get feedback on but it allowed the employees to get really involved in that process by using our agreements to make sure we were kind of living them in our in our working model as well and um, so that was quite a big one that really focuses on like our everyday life here and how you choose to work as an individual. And, and it's a great example that people have different values when it comes to remote or hybrid working, um, but actually we all agreed on the same way of working, which was our blended working model.
1: And that's such a good example. Thank you for sharing it. And yeah, the, even just the blend, the word blended, and your approach—it's it's, uh, reinforcing to me that you're really inclusive and thought, like, consciously inclusive in the way you work and do so many things if someone's thinking oh, this is i'm I'm learning i'm interested in this i think it's um something i'd like to hear more about about how you're shaping your culture ongoing um where could people go to find out more
0: yeah i think you mentioned at the start we have um, an amazing team managing our, our social media so our linkedin is the place to go and follow us and um, we also have um great content that's not just posted by ourselves but also other Uh, HR leaders and benefits leaders around uh, the globe Um, including at the moment we've got an ongoing session on tough conversations uh, which is definitely worth dropping into they're live sessions where you can really understand topics that are always difficult to broach with your teams Uh, some of it obviously comes from how we broach with our employees some of it also comes from a therapist perspective and but also we're learning from other companies on how they broach topics and so yeah for example we've got one today on how you can support men with topics like pregnancy loss. So they're, you know, topics that are often like um, stigmatised and not talked about um, and a great learning. But yeah, LinkedIn is probably the place to follow us.